Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, one thing that stands apart uh, amongst all of this is, uh, you know, we are building uh, uh, space-grade uh, solar panels for uh, the global markets from India. That's after these headlines. Paradigm, a crypto-focused VC firm, has raised a $2.5 billion fund, the industry's largest to date. It is bigger than the $2.2 billion crypto fund Andreessen Horowitz announced in June and cements Paradigm's position as a leading crypto investor, the information points out. We've immersed ourselves in the frontier of protocol research and the culture of Web3, Paradigm's partners Fred Ersam and Matt Huang said in a blog post. Ersam previously co-founded Coinbase, America's biggest crypto company. Huang is a former Sequoia Capital partner. Paradigm has built a team of domain experts around research, engineering, security, talent, communications and marketing, legal and policy, and everything else crypto entrepreneurs might need to advance their projects, the partners said in their post. Meanwhile, in India, a meeting chaired by Prime Minister Narendra Modi over the weekend showed that government departments differed from the central banker Reserve Bank of India in their respective positions on cryptocurrency, Economic Times reported. Most government departments were in favour of regulating cryptocurrencies, whereas the RBI is said to have reiterated its preference for a ban on crypto, citing concerns over financial stability, according to ET. Microsoft will soon update Windows 11 to block redirection of taskbar search results to browsers other than its own Edge browser, Engadget reports. The workaround was popularized by Edge Deflector, an app that allows Windows users to bypass some of the built-in browser restrictions found in Windows 10 and 11. Companies such as Mozilla and Brave had planned to implement similar workarounds to allow users to open start menu results in their respective browsers according to Engadget. Now they may not be able to do so. This move places Microsoft in the same user-hostile and anti-competitive category as big tech competitors like Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Google. Paul Thurot, who runs the technology news and analysis site Thurot, said in a post, This behavior needs to be examined by antitrust regulators in the United States, EU and elsewhere, he wrote. Roblox will invest $10 million to support the development of educational video games using its platform. David Bazuki, the video gaming platform maker's founder and CEO, said in a blog post yesterday, The move is a way for Roblox to expand its reach beyond the pre-teens and teens who comprise much of its user base, according to the Wall Street Journal. The company had about 47 million users in the third quarter this year, with about half of them less than 13 years of age, according to the journal. India isn't known for high-tech hardware, but a small number of startups are trying to change that, from computer vision modules to wireless equipment. In today's interview, Sanjay Nekanthi, founder and CEO of Dhuva Space, talks about manufacturing space-grade solar panels from India for the global market. Here's more. Uh, Sanjay, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you for making time for this. Uh, to get us going, uh, maybe you could give us a brief background about yourself. And I know you are, you've been interested in satellites uh, even as a student and uh, Dhruva Space itself has been uh, almost a 10-year effort now. 
so please tell us a bit about your your space tech uh, journey and uh, we'll go from there hi hari thanks so much for having me in on your podcast uh so a little bit brief about uh, myself and you know how this whole space saga uh began uh you know i started building satellite while i was still in college uh you know when i was 19 years old uh uh the background history is you know a scientist from isro had come down to our university uh srm university in chennai and he mentioned that uh, we as students could also build uh, satellites uh the most interesting part is our uh, chancellor of the university picked it up from there and said uh, you know we really want our students to build satellites and uh, that enabled me to work on india's first uh, student nano satellite srm sat which was launched in 2011 and from there i went on to you know become a space entrepreneur today mm. uh dhruva space you started uh, i think in 2012 uh, what was the idea that you all started out with okay so uh you know uh, when i when i started working on my first student satellite project uh one of the things uh, that really struck me was you know we are a country with a billion people and uh, there's not a single private company in india which is building uh, uh space technology solutions for the global market and uh, to be honest you know i kind of felt very shameful that you know in, in a country with a billion people nobody is doing it uh while in the western world there are uh, uh students and school kids building satellites so for me i really wanted to break that barrier and that was the prime motivation for me to uh look at uh, building satellites from india little bit of background uh, here is also that uh, you know when we were building the first satellite uh, we realized that the cost of building satellites in india was uh, quite economical when compared to uh, the western world and india was known for two things right one is and it is still known for those two things but one is the its it industry and the second its space program uh, so the idea was to build on the foundation blocks which the indian space research organization had established that is nurturing about uh, 300 to 400 uh, small and medium scale uh, uh, companies that have been acting as the pillars for the indian space program so you know the motivation was that we could leverage this ecosystem here and build space technology solutions for the global market mm. and uh, today uh, what has the uh, company evolved into uh, in fact 3 years ago i recall uh, i uh, did a brief interview with you and you were telling me about building india's first private satellite uh, tell us about what dhruva space has evolved into today sure um, so you know we are a full stack space engineering solutions company uh, we work on the space segment the launch segment and the ground segment uh, typically on the space segment we build uh, satellite platforms ranging from uh, 1 kg all the way up to 300 kg on the launch segment uh, we primarily build uh, uh, deployers which act as an interface between the launch vehicle and the spacecraft and uh, on the ground segment we uh, you know establish these earth stations that are used for uh, 
commanding satellites and receiving data from satellites. Uh, so that way, you know, we're a full stack company focusing on all, all these three segments. Uh, from a business standpoint, uh, today we are executing orders worth uh, $3 million, which was non-existent three years ago. Uh, today, we also have a presence in India and also in uh, Europe and Austria. Uh, we, we were awarded the National Startup Award uh, by Government of India, recognizing our efforts uh, in the domain of satellite technology. Uh, and, you know, there are quite a few things that are happening in terms of building solutions for the global market uh, from here. Mm. But one thing that stands apart uh, amongst all of this is, uh, you know, we are building uh, uh, space-grade uh, solar panels for uh, the global markets from India. Hmm. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, I also got to uh, have a quick read of your recent uh, press release in which you've mentioned uh, satellite as a service and, and your uh, space-grid solar arrays and uh, ground station uh, solutions. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about uh, what you mean by uh, satellite as a service. Uh, uh, yeah, so... Uh, you know, today, uh, in general, uh, uh, you know, a lot of companies are building uh, satellite uh, constellations uh, that serve various applications, you know, uh, imaging, communication, so on and so forth. Uh, what we have seen is uh, a lot of uh, these companies that are building uh, satellite constellations have come out into the public and mentioned that satellite manufacturers are just uh, unreasonable in that pricing when it comes to supporting satellite constellations. Um, you know, uh, and that's one area that uh, we want to really add our value in. Uh, we want to build, uh, you know, reliable, uh, affordable, uh, and affordable satellite missions for people who are looking at these constellations. The idea is to um, support them with the necessary hardware so that they focus on their core business, which is mostly around uh, data and, you know, uh, selling that data. Does that give you a little perspective? I can go over on that again if it's not too clear. No, no, this helps. Uh, I'm just wanting to uh, get an idea in terms of uh, how Dhruva helps. Uh, I mean, I got the sense that Dhruva Space helps uh, its customers uh, build and launch their own satellites uh, for whatever data purposes uh, they require them. Uh, so in that sense, uh, you would take on projects where you would build satellites, uh, build these uh, solar arrays and other hardware, and then you would launch them as well uh, do you also get into managing those satellites on behalf of your customers how do how do these things work okay uh for now uh we're not looking at managing the satellites for the customers uh but that is something uh that we are uh you know uh, that we are keeping it open uh into the future uh, so what we what we've done is you know most of these satellites are being launched into something called as a low Earth orbit, which extends from 400 to 600 kilometers or slightly above that. Uh, so you know typically a satellite that's placed here it goes around the Earth you know 14 times in a day. So you uh, and you know if you have just one Earth station, then you're 
pretty much limited in terms of how long you can communicate with the the satellite so there's a need for having a distributed network of earth stations around the world so we felt instead of us investing on setting up of these uh, ground stations ourselves um, as a first step we started looking at building the software tool that uh, that can be used by all the satellite operators um, uh, to you know use a distributed network of earth stations uh, so we came up with this tool called um, isops which stands for integrated uh, spacecraft um, command and operations uh, uh, operations and control suit and uh, using this tool uh, you could uh, you know anybody could utilize a network of ground stations to operate their own satellites uh, so for now the long story short you know uh, users can use our software to operate their satellites themselves but in the future we don't rule out the possibilities of us managing the satellites for them that is operating the satellite for them mm. and this software for managing uh, or for tapping into ground stations uh, uh does this work like a cloud software uh, that customers can subscribe to or do they need to install it at uh, various points yeah it it's mostly uh on the web uh so you know there's no installation uh required per se uh we're mostly looking at a b2b saas model for the uh isox tool uh we're doing some beta testing right now and will be soon onboarding customers or potential beta users for this uh, software give us a sense of uh, which kinds of uh, sectors and uh, what kind of customers would find uh, your technology very useful okay uh so broadly you know our ca- potential customers are uh, come from three different segments the first one is um uh, you know uh defense uh second one is government and the third one is uh academia and research uh, uh institutions if you uh, can maybe give us a couple of examples uh, and you know Uh, take us through how they are using it actually in that sure uh, so let's do a little bit of persona on all the uh, you know all the three sectors government academia and and the defense um so uh, let's start with the academia part i think you know there are quite a few um, academic institutions around the world that are looking at uh, developing these satellites uh, to try out uh, newer technology and launch them and you know uh test them and all of that mm-hmm. typically um these customers come to us for either buying small systems of the space stuff or buying the earth station or using our earth station as a service or you know when they need uh to launch their satellite they would come to us for buying the deployer or our launch service um more or less you know the same the, the same sort of uh solution is also offered to our uh defense and government customers uh but one thing um that is picking up uh, uh quite a lot of pace these days is uh, uh the market is moving away from uh, traditional cubesats to uh adopting nanosatellites and microsatellites for uh, uh 
serious uh, applications, you know, especially government and defense. Uh, so uh, uh, we've seen that a lot of people are interested in our uh, nano satellite platform, which is the P30 platform. Um, so, you know, typically uh, this platform caters towards uh, multi-payload missions wherein you can use a, uh, where you can do imaging uh, along with, you know, let's say, uh, uh, IoT type of applications. And uh, one of the specialities of this uh, platform is uh, uh, the platform in itself is a very modular architecture. So it is highly scalable in case, you know, you want to manufacture like uh, tens or hundreds of them in, in the shortest possible time. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you also avoid a lot of complexities uh, on the spacecraft itself. You gener- uh, which is, you know, you avoid uh, all sorts of mechanisms on the spacecraft. So you generate enough power just by using body-mounted solar panels. Uh, you don't have to deploy your antenna. Your antennas are already in deployed position uh, uh, before the launch. Uh, you know, you typically put them on the top plate of the spacecraft, so on and so forth. Hmm. Uh, the solar panels, you mentioned it earlier also when you said uh, one thing that stands out is... Uh, your expertise in space grade uh, solar panels. Uh, explain that a little bit. I mean, why is that uh, an important uh, component? I mean, I can imagine that uh, it is what powers the satellite, but uh, uh, in terms of how that helps you uh, stand out uh, in the Indian space industry and uh, uh, you know how you want to take that forward, uh, how it's helping your business today, uh, tell us a little bit about that part of your business. Sure. Uh, so typically, you know, the cost of the sole, um, you know, power generation system on the satellite could be anywhere between 30% to uh, 45% of the entire cost of the spacecraft itself. Um, and uh, typically, you know, uh, the, uh, the cost is on the solar panel itself. Uh, and usually these solar panels uh, come in uh, different uh, uh, forms um, and what we are building within Druva is a is something called as a uh, uh, CFRP uh, based uh, uh, solar arrays, which are uh, a standard uh, uh, panels that are used on uh, micro satellites and large satellites. Um, so you know, breaking it down, uh, you know, you have a carbon fiber reinforced plastic based substrate on which, you know, the solar cells are put together. Uh, and, you know, there's a, uh, the design of the substrate in itself, uh, is, is, is an art. And the number of companies in the world who build these solar panels are very limited. They're probably about, uh, uh, four to five companies in the entire world who build uh, these uh, solar arrays. Uh, during uh, COVID, uh, uh, we had an opportunity to uh, uh, find uh, a potential customer, and we were able to convert that uh, into into a full fledged contract. So today, for uh, for a customer, we are building these uh, CFRP-based uh, solar arrays, uh, which are highly, uh, you know, scalable. So the architecture, once we have established, we could start uh, making multiples of it and, you know, scale it up. Um, for anybody to start looking at this uh, segment and start from scratch, uh, it could take, 
anywhere between 24 to 36 months to get there and uh, you know what we are saying today is we've been able to leverage the last couple of years uh toggling with different types of combinations and arriving at a secret sauce which enables us to produce these at scale hmm. and yeah so while staying on the topic of uh, uh, technology and developing technology um if you step back and look at the industry today there seems to be a general sense of uh, anticipation that india's uh, space tech companies uh, are on the cusp of uh, significant uh, growth uh, what do you think are some of the enabling factors that have come together uh, maybe even in the last 2 or 3 years yeah i think uh, uh, first uh, firstly i would say the regulatory outlook of uh, uh government coming out and saying that you know we would want private sector to grow in, in in the country we would want to um uh you know start looking at uh, uh private companies building solutions for global customers in this sector uh was uh, definitely a great sense of encouragement uh, for the companies firstly uh second i think uh, you know it presented a great uh, uh level of confidence also for investors uh, to look at uh, supporting uh, startups in this domain thirdly i think uh, you know especially from startups uh, standpoint the um, uh, the initiative of uh, you know uh, uh, the current government towards uh, supporting uh, startups in this sector is just incredible i think the startup india scheme offers a lot of uh, 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 advantages for uh, startups to work in this sector for example i think you know if, if you're a startup and you're looking at uh, government tenders uh, you know there are some minimum uh, criteria which have been waived off so on and so forth so all these put together uh, have been a great uh, enabler uh, from the uh, local ecosystem uh, or rather within india uh, uh, i would say uh, but also i think if you look at it from the global uh, space industry standpoint i think the market has been uh, on on a on a completely growth trajectory right we have seen uh, uh, several companies uh, do some amazing work uh, breakthrough work in the last uh, few years so all this adds up towards you know the growth of the sector i would say mm-hmm. i think uh, we are still uh, taking uh, baby steps uh, i think there would be a lot more to come uh, in the near future what are some of the uh, biggest challenges uh, that still remain for companies uh, india you know space tech startups in india uh, to to grow uh i think uh, a lot of companies today in india including truva space are working towards uh, realization of our products uh i think uh, these products need to uh, move from you know earth into space and that will really uh, be the confidence uh, builder in not just the domestic market uh, uh, accepting uh, uh accepting the uh, the products and services that the startups are building but also for the international market to uh, look at us i i think that's that's really the uh, the most important aspect in terms of finding money uh, 
to take to advance your work uh, has that become any easier i mean i know that you have recently re- uh, announced uh, a new round of uh, funding uh, has uh, you know getting investor backing become easier for uh, uh, hardware based uh, high tech companies startups in india uh so i i would not say uh, it's uh, easier or difficult but uh, all i can tell you for sure hari is that lot more investors are looking at this market uh, seriously i mean you know there there are very clear examples right like two two rocket companies have raised uh, uh, 10 million dollars each uh drivers uh, has raised a 3 million dollar round there are other companies that are also in the process of raising more capital uh but i think a very strong testament is uh, also you know uh, msmes in the market msmes in india have also raised uh, money on the on the public market right like paris space and defense uh, uh round was uh, oversubscribed by by great factor there there are new uh ipos that are coming up uh, so on and so forth so i think in terms of access to capital um investors are open to this sector and i think it's a very good sign and uh, and i you know whenever i speak to uh, prospective investors i also uh you know give our lessons that you know this sector is uh is the is going to be uh growing tremendously in the next uh, decade so you know if you are looking for a very large multiple you know 5x 10x uh, or beyond that i think you know this is the sector that uh, uh, investors should look at investing Excellent. Uh, very interesting conversation, uh, Sanjay. Uh, thank you again uh, for making time for this. Uh, definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Uh, thanks, Hari. It was a pleasure to have this conversation, and uh, yeah, we should we should do more uh, uh, space-themed uh, conversations in the you know, in the coming months. That was Sanjay Nikanthi. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com. and on your favorite podcast apps i'm hari arkli thank you for listening